there. I'm Leanna Hinkle with the Hinkle Homestead. And I'm Lindsay Weiniger with the Weiniger Farms. And we are your hosts on We Chose the Farm. Welcome back. It's episode 18. And today we are talking about pigs. Oink, oink. <laughs> it's intro to pigs today. Yes. So what are we going to learn about pigs today? Today's the intro episode, by the way. It so is. So we aren't going to go pigs. too deep, but we are going to learn enough about pigs to, uh, yeah, start add the, adding them to your farm. You could do some damage. I think there's also a good variety of what we're going to be talking about today, too, because we both feature very differently with pigs. Yep. And so I think it's going to be really fun to talk about all the different Different possibilities. So you have pigs currently. I do. I currently have four Cooney Cooney pigs. Describe the Cooney Cooney for those that don't know what those are. Uh, Cooney Coonies are pigs that originated from New Zealand, and their name means short and fat. And that's literally what they are, but they're also very hairy. Mm -hmm. And not like soft cat hair, like coarse bristle brush hair. Um, but they're super fun. So they're super fat and they're also small. So they only really stand about up to your knees. And, but they do top out around like 300, 350 pounds, which is not as big as some, but still, still big. That is big. That's as big as a commercial cow, uh, like a production pig. Yeah. Yeah. They're super low to the ground though. Yeah. Uh, the cool part though about Cooney Coonies that are different from most production breeds is that they are pasture pigs that's right they can be 100 percent raised on the grass and on pasture so if you have the space for it you do not need to supplement their feed if they have enough space to pasture so that's kind of cool i think that that actually entices a lot of people especially who already have operations and have the pasture and they're just looking to diversify i think that they're growing in popularity because of that absolutely there's a lot of reasons of why we chose cooney coonies specifically they are perfect for what you were saying is the pasturing they're great for smaller homesteads because they don't get so big Mm -hmm. and a a trait for cooney coonies that kind of separates them differently is that they have like a shorter nose shorter snout so Mm -hmm. they're not really interested in rooting up or digging around which is a very common trait for pigs as we were just talking about yeah, earlier actually what they're created to do yeah so they yeah. are always trying to find vegetation so that's they're always pushing up the ground to try to get yep. the ground the roots the grubs yeah yep. everything to it so um yeah so they don't really in our opinion at least i'm sure everybody's different but our kunikunis do not escape <laughs> they don't care they are very lazy i mean they are like the good traditional lazy pigs i think sure it's like even if they did get out, I don't think they would really want to get very far because they know where the food is. They're like a a meat version of a potbelly pig. Yeah, so exactly. But speaking of meat, they do take about two years to finish out. So sure. a lot different than commercial raised poultry. Or poultry. <laughs> <laughs> a lot different than commercial raised um, pigs is just because that slower growth makes them have more of a marbled meat to them Mm -hmm. Um, they're great for finishing out and they're really kind of considered one of the high-end meats that are kind of starting to see in higher-end restaurants and stuff as well so Hmm. 
I think they definitely have a good full circle um, purpose, dual purpose to them. Yep. They're they're great. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy them. They're really, really friendly. Yeah. They flop over, at least ours does. Ours flop over for belly rubs. And I think that's like a trait that they have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's good. I can let my kids go inside. Yeah. You know, the pen and I don't have to worry anything about them, that they're going to get like mauled to death or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. Okay. But what pigs are you most familiar with? So um, we predominantly get our pigs from a local farrowing barn. Uh, that basically if they have any runs or something, we would take, if we were to go like a feeder to finish situation, they take, uh, wow, like five months ish. Uh, and it, we usually take two at a time because we only just do them to feed our families. Yeah. Um, and we just keep them in a, a, you know, we change bedding all the time. We give feed, they're in like a nice little warm pin and. Yeah, they're usually a cross uh, between Yorkshire, which is the the classic pink. We call them white. Yeah. Um, but the classic pig. Um, but uh, I think they're crossed between like a Berkshire and a Yorkshire. Can I pause you for three seconds? It took me like a couple years ago to actually learn that the pink pigs yeah. are white, like you just said, but they're sunburnt. Yeah, they can sunburn very easily. Pink. Yeah. So all the cartoons that you know of pink pigs is just sunburnt pigs. Yeah. Okay, here's here's a quiz. What um what's the difference between a pig and a hog? Oh. Um dun dun dun. I always like these fun things because I feel like I should know more. Um I think a pig it's the same I'm gonna say it's the same thing. It just has a, to do with their age. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, older and over 120 pounds. Oh. Uh, is a hog. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. And a pig is under 120. Okay, the difference, do you know the difference between a gilt and a sow? I do know that because I currently have gilts yes. that are transitioning into the motherhood sow. Yes. So my so guilt is the name of a pig that has not had any babies. And then a sow is one after her first litter and beyond. Yes. And then you've got a boar and a barrow. I always thought it was borrow, but I could it's probably borrow. I don't know. I, I just can't read half the oh, time. Well. So a boar <laughs> yes. is a fully um, intact male. Fully intact male, yes. And a borrow is castrated, neutered, nipped, yep. zipped. And just like... Uh, Actually, like... I have one of each, too. Hey! You Sorry. do? I do. Yeah, I do. Huh. Actually, my, my borrow that's neutered yeah. is the sister, or sorry, brother. the brother of one of the girls that I have. And we actually got him from a really wonderful farm. But we got him just for company because we wanted to be able to separate the two boys and the two girls. Aww. And they do better when yeah. they're together. So um, he's just for, he's just a friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Um, so just like a bovine, it describes Ooh, the yeah. entire, you know, cattle. Yes. So swine is the correct word for all of pigs yes so those are your basic definitions of all of the pig things now when you go since we uh deal more with like the production the commercial the producer side of things uh the predominant breeds there are going to be like your yorkshire which is uh the most common breed in the united states really and that um 
with the majority of the population being in Illinois, Iowa, like all of, like Illinois and the surrounding states. Um, they are also very commonly shown for show pigs as well as the Berkshires, which are, the Berkshires are the all black pigs. The Yorkshires are the all white pigs. And then the Hampshires are those black pigs with the white stripes in the middle. Yeah, the white banding belting yeah. mm-hmm. part to them. Um, the Durocs are also very common. Those are what you'd call, what you'd see like a red pig. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, the Chester Whites um, are another one, but they, there's a lot of others, but the Chester Whites are the ones they have the floppy ears. Like on a lot of these other breeds, the ears stand up. Oh, sure, sure, but sure. But the Chester Whites, they've got, they flop down a little bit more. Um, a lot of them just are, the Yorkshires are the main production breed because of their muscle and high protein um, ratio. They look beefy. They it's are. The, is it, what did you say, the Berkshires that are all black? Mm-hmm. I've seen some pretty beefy, yeah. stout looking pigs that I would not want to no. be friends with. Like the legit saying of like being fed to the pigs. Like that's like, a thing. That li- like they will literally eat anything. Yes. Super different than my sweet little cooney coonies, <laughs> but like <laughs> they will. I think any of these commercial breeds, they are they like to eat lots of things and they don't care if it's yeah. live or dead. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, basically, and I, I believe that it's the same in both yours and your, like the hobby breeds and the, you know, consumer breeds is, you know, when you're looking at feed, you just have to follow the, uh, protein percentage and your vitamins and how much fiber you're giving them. But a big thing for pigs is probiotics because there's huge, a huge issue with biosecurity, um, and making sure that your your herd is yeah. what is closed herd having a closed herd yeah uh, you have to make sure that they stay clean and clear of disease because they are highly susceptible to disease and a lot of times you'll see if you see a lot of pictures of any kind of a operation of sorts you often see people in booties and in hair nets yeah. and all that kind of stuff and that's part of it is because they are literally being produced for food but it's also because you can carry in a lot of disease from your your shoes and stuff. So, yes, it's a big thing. Um, can I tell you real quick? Have you ever been to Time downtown? Yeah, they have a appetizer, mm-hmm. and it's featured um, Duroc bacon. Yeah, with Brussels sprouts, and I swear I got it literally just because I'm like they named the pig. They had the breed pig on there, so I'm getting it. <laughs> It was amazing bacon, by the way. Yeah. It was fantastic. I have a friend that works here at the... It was or, so good. She, she doesn't work here. She's a very, very good customer of ours. She can literally taste the difference no. between uh, a gilt and a, a burl. I would like to be to the point in my life to where I would be able to do that. Yeah. Taste the difference. Or at least taste the difference between like different breed bacon and oh, like yeah. know it you know what I mean like blind taste test it's yeah. not just like and we were just talking about this too have you ever had well obviously everybody loves bacon and if you don't you get like the side eye and like terrible mocking um but have you ever had jowl bacon no no I didn't know that I mean like theoretically I I understand it but I just uh, <laughs> I just don't know people that. have asked at the feed store if we can get it yeah. Yeah. Are you going 
too uh i think we could it would just be so i mean bacon is already 7.99 a pound yeah i would assume that jowl bacon would be crazy expensive well just because yeah there's not really a lot of bacon period i feel like it just has like a higher fat content it's going to be a little bit more like melt in your mouth kind of situation so there are three so you you've talked about like the hobby farming of it um, and I've talked about it too, even because we don't we don't have a full blown operation. We get a couple of pigs at a time. Um, this last time was you know hashtag COVID. We got like six yeah. finished pigs, and because there was no room at the inn for any processing, yeah. uh, we actually processed them ourselves. And like we bought the pigs for you know fellow family members and things, and we all had a big processing day. And so we processed our latest pigs, which was great. We did six of them that were ready to finish. Um, but there are three, predominantly three major types of um, op- pig operations. You've got the furrow, furrow to finish, which is the complete life life cycle. You've got the um, furrowed farrow, farrow yeah, to yeah. the feeder, which is like piglet. Then you wean, and then you get them up to about. 30, 40 pounds, and then you've got the feeder to finisher. But more, more often than not, you don't have them all at the same facility because of how much, how many different buildings you have That's to have. Lot. You have to have like a nursery, and then you have to yeah. have the smaller pig barn, and then you have to have for the larger pigs. Like, So you have to have a lot of buildings. So predominantly you have the pharaoh to feeder or the feeder to finish barns. So. Yeah, and they, I mean, they all play different important roles in yeah, each one. Absolutely. I mean, I look at it as if you're going to do one, you might as well just do them all. But the, you're right, the amount of space then to have all of that. And I think a lot of people saw on the news, like you were saying early in the year, of people, some larger factories happening to dispose of them because there weren't any factories that were open to process them. And I think a lot of people's questions were, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? But like at the same time, it takes, you know, four months mm-hmm. for a pregnant sow, you know what I mean, to deliver. So, you know, you're having all of these pigs that were on that stage of just wean that are ready to go into your next, yeah, you know, finishing stage. And then you were having the other ones being born because it's all just a chain reaction of how yeah. much things do. And it's, it's tough. I think if anything, COVID's kind of shined a light on farming industry. Yeah. It's, it's, they literally have created an industry that keeps food pumping out at rapid paces. So naturally, if you're going to put a, you know, a huge damper on the demand or like, or how to get the demand, I mean, like just processing the meat, if you shut down the processing plant, pigs still have to be taken care of somehow in order for the right and they just keep going (laughs) well and we talked about this with poultry and if with the meat birds if you keep feeding them it's not like you can just keep them as a pet later on because the chickens the corners cross their legs will break because they get so heavy or they get heart attacks from the sustained weight i mean it's not like people have the space yep and have you know the availability to just Hold on. Keep these for another year or right. so until things turn around. So it's so crazy. Yeah. It, it is uh, eye-opening when uh, you start to <laughs> think through the entire process or you just get appalled by what's happening. But once you know, man, once you learn a little bit, it helps. It is crazy. 
So yeah, so it's such an interesting thing all around too, just because, I mean, on the time frame is that as well, is that's a good, you know, for a meat production side. But I mean, that's essentially what we're doing, you mm-hmm. know, is we have our breeder stock and then we will, we are breeding to then finish and all the things and then leftover. And I guess the finished product is either like being rehomed for other like hobby steaders or, you know, if no, I guess if the boys don't sell then they're going to fill our freezer too and they'll just be a little smaller. But Yeah, sure. You know, dual purpose all around for sure. So you said that you saw on Facebook where uh, on one of your Facebook pig groups, someone asked the question, what's something that you wish you would have known before you started your pigs? Pigs. Yeah. So what are what are some of the things that the people said? So some of the things they said is things I wish I knew before I had pigs. Uh, where the processing plant was two years before I raised my herd. And that was a really good point because you don't want to travel yeah. so many miles. You know what I mean? It's fine if... It's not, if it's a one-time thing, but if you're having a big, if you're starting pigs, whether it's, you know, hobby pigs or anything else, that end of the life process to mm-hmm. it. Well, and if you're starting you the herd. you got to figure it out. If you're starting the herd for consumer consumption. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally different than when you're just, you know, cutting out, cutting up the the half of a hog for, um, you know, Thanksgiving and half your family. Right. Yeah. If it was one time a year, I think I wouldn't mind a longer drive, but mm-hmm. if I was doing it frequently it would be a really pain in the butt if I had to drive two hours five hours you know stuff like that that's that's a whole day so I was blown away by how many people on here said that it was the bait or the bacon it was the (laughs) (laughs) it is the bacon always no but I was really surprised of all how many people were saying that they struggled with fencing now, Electric fence is the way to go. How important pig-proof fencing is. They are escape artists. Uh, you know, I just and I are are they are these people specifically talk or do they specify any breeds? Is this a pig group? No, or this breeds? is a group open for pasture pigs. Okay. So I mean, yeah, when we're talking about pastures, yeah, I'm assuming large large spaces and the fencing is questionable right we have one close and like a pasture is like i like i'm trying to think like the a a sliver of like a baseball diamond like it's not huge sure because they are you have to remember they're they're fat big hefty hefty they don't want to walk around a lot no they they i mean they will for food that's what they walk around very food motivated yeah (laughs) Um, we, I mean, so for the most part, what we do as like a little visual setup for us is we actually have ours in hog panels and cause we have a small property Mm -hmm. and then during the weekends or really nice weather, we just kind of open the door and let them go and get the grass. And we do have an electric fence. Um, that's like, that works really great that we move around too if we need to. But um, for the most part, then we just kind of like shake our food yeah, and like shake it back all the way to the thing <laughs> or I'll bite an apple <laughs> and then, you know, so they can yeah. really smell it and then, you know, guide them back to their, but that's, that's the extent of mine. So I have not had pigs that have sure tried to yeah. 
go. Like but, one says that they they can climb a fence, and that's like <laughs> that's I want to see a video. Of I that. do too. <laughs> but I was uh, I think too. You have to remember that these are rooting animals, so yeah. naturally they're going to destroy a fence line if it's in the way of yeah. If it's yeah. they're just going to keep digging. So I think definitely doing your research and on types of breeds and just other things that they do because not all pigs are pasture pigs, right? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, you wouldn't want to put like a Yorkshire out in a pasture. You could. You could. Yeah. You could, but I don't think it does as well as you're. You're others. not. Yeah. If you want it produced on like the up to weight in a time frame. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's just it's not the same thing. Right. It just. Yeah. Um. So what they say. Um. There was, okay, so one thing while I'm finding more of these, don't name them. (laughs) (laughs) Don't name them. Yeah. They need equivalent to Alcatraz to keep them in. (laughs) I just don't know why. (laughs) So, okay, a couple things that this was mentioned. The limited amount of bacon per animal. Yes. And that It's important to mention. Yeah, that really struck it with me because everybody loves bacon, as we've talked about. I mean, our family chose pigs. Strictly for me, and then I'm like, oh my god, cootie cooties, yeah, yay! And then Chick's like, oh, what about my freezer? <laughs> you know, um, but you know, we eat a good amount of sausage, ham, yeah. roast, ribs, all the things like that. But everybody falls in love for bacon, right? Mm-hmm. So when we get a deer or we get a cow, all the leftover stuff is just turned into ground meat, and that's used dually purpose for any recipe, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing with a pig, though. You can't just, like, use the leftover bits and, yay, that's bacon. Yeah. Or it comes from a very select section. Yeah. You only get, yeah, a certain amount. And then, but you aren't, like, people aren't, like, flocking for, you know, pork chops and and pork tenderloins as quickly as they are for. The bacon. A pound of bacon. Absolutely. But that's just, I think that's, and maybe that's just my city mind, like, in hand, is I thought that you could just turn the rest of it into bacon, like, you would just turn the rest of it into... Sauce, or ground yeah, beef. Yeah, yeah. Hard uh, fences, yeah, again, hard fences would be ro- uh, rooted and pushed out. So, I think... <laughs> Here, I'm looking up the average amount of bacon per pig. If you have a 200-pound pig... You will, uh, it will give you about 55 pounds of hams and shoulders, 40 pounds of bacon and loin, plus lard sausage and, of course, pig feet and ex- the extra stuff. So, bacon and tenderloin. So, That's those funny. are the those are the hot items. Yeah. And <laughs> your tenderloins are about four to five pounds a piece. So, you're probably going to get, if they're a, a loin like every other animal... You get two good hefty ones. So that's probably 20 pounds right there. So you're only getting like 15 to 20 pounds of bacon. Per a 200 pound animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh. <laughs> I know. Now I understand why bacon's so expensive. It's just there's not a lot of it. Yeah. And it has to be a good meat to fat ratio. So. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's. Are you a thin cut or a thick cut bacon person? Ooh, um, I think it all has its purpose. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but thick cut. And I'm more of like a sweet and savory person. Mm-hmm. So I, I want it to have like some maple syrup all over it. Crispy or chewy? 
Um, again, depends on what I'm making it for, <laughs> you know? Yes. But I do, I like both. Just, I, okay. I want, we're going to put up a thing, a bacon chart. Okay. And you can tell us what number you like. Um, but I like the one that's, you know, has a little crunch to it, but also has that like chewy fat to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like almost not fully cooked. <laughs> Like, I'm that chewy. But I, I need it to be somewhat melt in your mouth. Yeah. So it has to be somewhat cooked, but I prefer chewy more than anything. I think I just, honestly, I love pork products. <laughs> the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, the sausages and, like, yeah. Our our dinner of choice, hands down, most always is either breakfast casserole with sausage in it or sausage gravy and biscuits. Ooh, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, but. I mean, in the summer, for sure, we are, like, we demolish BLTs. Mm, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and it's, anybody that puts, like, three slices of bacon, just leave them. And yeah. Just, <laughs> that sucker deserves, like, a full, like, half pound of bacon just on, just on one sandwich. The Baconator, I don't know even which restaurant that is that does that. Is that Hardee's? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure the sandwich is like ten or twelve dollars, and I was like, okay, I'll pay it. Don't care. <laughs> I want the bacon. I know. So, I have a huge bacon problem. No, Dunkin' Donuts released. If we're sharing bad habits, Dunkin' Donuts a couple months ago released a. It was like an appetizer, oh, or no. just like a little, maybe not an appetizer, but like a side for like two dollars. You could get bacon. And I'm like, yes. This is the greatest thing ever. I feel like I feel like I've seen a Dunkin' Donut like a maple Do bacon, a so maple good. bacon donut. It's, it's. I don't know about the donut, but this was like a little package of like almost like a little wrapper package of like French fries, but yeah. it has I don't know maybe eight slices of like that really thin oh, microwave. Sure. Yeah, but I don't care. Yeah, it's no. cracked pepper with like maple syrup on it, and mm. it's just like ah, perfect. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Bacon's there. <laughs> now I'm hungry and this I literally just This was the episode of dinner. bacon. Yes. Um, yeah, so a lot. most of the people are just saying of how hard the fencing is. Again, I think that just kind of depends on your individual pigs and your space that you're working with. Um, a lot of, a few people mentioned how, um, how much it takes to feed them and how much time mm-hmm. it takes. Yep. Just like I think that goes with anything, yep. you know, is that I feel like I'm always kind of surprised of how much it takes to feed them and for how long. Um, we actually have a really, um, I love, uh, I'm, give a shout out to my store or whatever, but um, I, I don't know, Nathan and I both, like I was doing research for this episode today and I'm calling Nathan and I was like, Let's share pig knowledge because we both just, I mean, our <laughs> knowledge is very scarce in pigs. We just know how to raise them. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's about it. I don't, I could barely tell you what breed we get most of the time. So, but for Purina and I'm sure many other companies do this, but they give us such a, like a no brainer system of like the food um, and the protein levels and like graduating from this to this and this to this. I'm sure lots of other companies do that, but I just love like when you are feeding them, talk to your local feed stores because their yeah. companies have like the companies that they work with. If they well, first off, go to your local feed store. Don't go to a 
big box store because they don't know much <laughs> when it comes to specific topics, but they have a, a good, you know, system, like a starter feed to a, a this weight feed to a finishing feed. So, and that was nice because we didn't have to think through the process of feeding our pigs because you just followed the weight chart. So, yeah, pigs are fun. I was pleasantly surprised of how much I really do enjoy them. I uh, have a couple, one of my uh, employees here, her son is an avid, avid, um, he shows hogs. And um, yeah, the relationships that he has with his pigs, I'm sure is a love-hate at some times, but it is pretty entertaining to watch. So. So cute. Anyway. Awesome. Well, we, I think, have reached our max at... The entry-level pig episode. I think that's all the time we have for today. We've covered the bacon. We've covered the pigs. Everything is complete. Now we have to actually learn more because we have to do... Our next episode will be more in-depth information. Yeah. Hey, and it's December, though, so we have a bonus week in December. That's true, but it is also the Christmas season. Oh, we have to decide if we want a boys' bonus episode or break off for christmas a break for christmas if you have an opinion please let us know awesome we could easily talk longer (laughs) (laughs) all right see you next time oink If you like what you heard today, you can find us at We Chose the Farm on Facebook and Instagram. And to find Hinkle Homestead directly, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Google at Hinkle Homestead. I want to visit the Weiniger Farms? You can find us mainly on Instagram at the Weiniger Farms. Or jump over to our website at WeinigerFarms.com. See you later!